Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. As soon as the door opens and there's like a little bell that rings, he's almost startled and he jumps and he looks up and he sees you and his eyes get wide and he reaches down under the podium and pulls out a gun and holds it at you. You would murder two people in your own office? Wow. Yes. Cut this motherfucker's arm off. <laughs> and he has a ring, like a gold ring on his pinky finger of his left hand or of his right hand. And there's a ruby inset into the ring. Who did you tell that you would try to get onto this flight? The lady Camilla. Donald just kind of like sighs a discontented sigh and he goes to cut this guy's pinky finger off. It's about time that you are here. We have been waiting for the telegrams. This isn't me. This isn't who I am. This isn't who I am. What's happening, Bonnie? What's happening? This isn't who I am. Percy starts grabbing fistfuls of telegrams and just throwing them on the ground. The way I'd like to play this out is Don hears two gunshots from inside. Um, you see the airship flying from the direction of the Eiffel Tower towards Sacre Coeur. This could be the end of Monty Hogg right here, but I have to make a bad drunken decision. It's part of the part of the rules here. I still don't it's have a seven. A, what is it? Seven total? It's a six. This huge rush of wind flows out of the craft and the airship itself collapses. Paris, August 11th, 1895. You're wearing a mask, doctor. But when you arrive at the dance, the dance in Carcosa, you won't need the mask anymore. You can be free, set free by truth. Dr. Henri Ducasse could still hear those words echoing in his head as he sat at his desk, examining his ledger. He still wasn't sure how much stock he could put in them, given the mental state of the man who had said them, but he was getting more and more sure that he didn't have many other options. Henri had never wanted much. He'd never really desired to be rich. He wanted to help people, he really did but he was being taken advantage of by rich students who didn't know what it meant to need anything and who thought that paying for his services, or not paying, as it were, was unimportant. But was he desperate enough to listen to the words of a man who had come in raving? Was he desperate enough to listen to the words of Calvin Leith? His conversation with Mr. Leith hadn't been long. He'd fled not long after his classmates had dropped him off at Dr. Ducasse's office that February day, and much of what young Mr. Leith had said was nearly incomprehensible. But he had mentioned a play, and it was that play that Henri couldn't get out of his head. He had heard a few others mention it from time to time since then, students who were struggling with depression or the like, those who wanted a way out of whatever it was that was ailing them at the time. The play was said to heal all wounds, to reveal the truth of reality so clearly that those who read it would be free. Free from all worry, free from all distress, truly free. And at this moment, Henri Ducasse wanted nothing more than to be free. Free from debt, free from responsibility, free from worry. So, he decided, he would seek out this play. Perhaps it would give him nothing, but perhaps it would help, even a little bit. And Henri Ducasse could use all the help he could get right now. Besides, what was the worst that could happen? So I think coming out of uh, an incredibly emotionally taxing episode, I really want to check in with with our players and see how everyone's feeling emotionally, physically, <laughs> spiritually after after a very intense episode. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, any any reflections on uh, what happened in the last episode? Uh, 
Can can I change my favorite character that I've ever <laughs> make a quick pivot? Yeah, just a quick change. I'm just gonna pick Ariana, my D and D character. She's just all light and happiness. She's, she doesn't have to deal with all this dark dark shit. So uh, it was a heavy episode. I don't regret any of the character choices that have been made. I felt like they actually made sense in the moment for for Monty, so I'm good with that, but that still, that does not mean that then coming out of it, it wasn't like, ooh, that was really heavy, and now I have to deal with all the consequences of that. So, yeah, I I, yeah. I have experienced, you know, a, a many times at this point, but something I experienced during that episode, which is something happens, and I start, like, frantically, like, looking through the book for something in particular, right? Like, is there a partic- you know a particular rule that I I now realize that I'm going to need to f- to figure out? In this case, it was the advice on how to narrate a final shock card. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it was for me. I think it was one of those kind of like I was so surprised at the decision in a good way, but also like there's a level of panic about like okay so how do i how do i deal with the consequences of this now if this is what's going to happen like how do i move forward because that's my job and having the book is very grounding for that is like yes. okay here's a physical thing i can try to like like tell me what can, to do please you know, like, somebody tell me what to yeah, do absolutely <laughs> one of the things i tracked um when we were doing it because like I, it was heavy like it was really heavy and i i think it was actually like in retrospect really cool and i'm proud of all of you know all five of us what we accomplished with that episode i think it was really cool like i think it's a really good listen i hope it's a really good but the thing i tracked is like from a certain decision point on every time tom or i would do something eric would be like oh okay all right (laughs) from like a certain i think it was when i slashed his arm from that moment forward every decision got a little bit of like oh all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay we'll do that and Eric's flipping through the book. Like, it was it was high tension here for all yeah, of us. Yeah. And then I have to say, the the stuff going on at the cafe <laughs> with uh like it was perfect. Like it, it that that like cutting tension with with kind of humor like that, but not like over the top, like it was just awkward. Like it was just <laughs> it was perfect. Every like that stuff I think that's that's the secret sauce of that episode. It really did feel like a movie stuff. where it was like you, you cut away from one scene and then you just have the, the yeah. polar opposite of <laughs> yeah. what's going on in one scene. The yeah. teenagers in, scene in the cafe. Across the, yeah, across the way. Excellent execution of horror comedy. Here we go. As, more, as yeah. more or less observers of that, Chris and Sarah, how did you experience it? You weren't panicking in the moment like like the rest of us were, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I love the contrast, uh, both as a player and a character, because I know, <laughs> you know, it's like Percy and Manu feel like they're in this sort of like farce, almost fantasy land with this ridiculous <laughs> balloonist character. <laughs> and they have no idea they, that, that this is all happening. I don't know when they will ever get an idea that this is all happening. And it's just wild. It You know, it feels like so... I, I know I know there's a little bit of darkness under the surface for them as well, which is not always good and interesting, but I just love that juxtaposition. It, I think it really worked. And I, I think it, as a player, kind of, you know, defrayed a little bit of the, the drama and the existential <laughs> yeah. side of it. Torment, the existential <laughs> torment that's yeah, obviously right, going exactly. on in the mind of Monty Hogg. It's been interesting as a player because I've obviously listened to seasons. Like, I do know Monty and Donald in a certain sense, like me, Sarah. But Manu, like, doesn't know them. So it's kind of like, what has she gotten herself into? She doesn't even know that she's into this. Like, she has no right. idea what they're all doing. It's like her and all these guys. Like, I don't know. It's it's a different style of playing almost in, in that sense. Yeah. And now you guys got to play as if, like, because you don't know that that happened. Right. Will we tell you? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. We'll we'll know when it comes. <laughs> like your reactions can't be based on the stuff you heard because yeah. like you two did not. You were not there. You did not. Your characters didn't see it. Like that's good luck with that. Well, like Manu like didn't even do the chase. So it's like yeah. A, a yeah. certain part of she's me, Sarah, is like you got to get her in there. Like she needs to start. You know, like she's part of this team too. But then I'm like. 
Why she doesn't know that she needs to like start torturing people. Like she she wouldn't be doing that. So that's just like a interesting For the record, she doesn't thing. need to torture anyone. Yeah. yeah she can get involved in other, other ways. But like I can start spending my points. Like for whatever it's worth, I as a player really like every character choice you've made for Menu so far. I think yes. you've been doing terrific. Like I love I love voice. that Menu is is doing this sort of her own thing here. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it makes perfect sense for her character. From the pigeon thing up. Yes. Yeah, from yes. the moment of the pigeon. <laughs> she hasn't helped at all. But I mean, a, a, a truly incredible example of someone who thinks that they just do things and the and the, the results are the way they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I don't want to stretch it too long, but I do want to throw it back to something I texted Eric last night, which is like, just what a piece of narrative storytelling that this man pulled off yesterday. To throw the, the Monty Hogg Easter egg, like to throw back to when he was like the scene with the gendarme from season one, yeah. while on the other side of the, the scene, we're all waiting. The <laughs> listeners are waiting. The yes. players are waiting. Is Monty Hogg going to die? <laughs> like, that is amazing. Like, hey, remember, remember this? Yeah. Remember this fun little memory with this guy? You might be dead when we return to it. It was great. It was really yeah, yeah, genuinely one of the like nicest times that Monty has ever like. Yeah, one of the, one exactly. Of the more positive moments he's really experienced. Really a bit of narrative story before he killed a child and yeah, uh, yeah, it's before he really yeah. went dark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to pick back up in the somewhat cheerier side of Paris with with Manu and Percy, who were sitting around at a cafe watching the front of the Sacré-Cœur Basilica. They somewhat intercepted the de- first delivery of telegrams that were supposed to be heading to Monsieur Radon. Percy, in a in a tipsy state, started throwing telegrams <laughs> around on the ground. And just about as the the wine started to wear off, the the aircraft flies over from the direction of the Eiffel Tower, docks itself on the 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 steeple of Sacre Coeur, and as the two men start climbing down the scaffolding, a gale force gale force winds start blowing around the area. The aircraft kind of deflates and slumps up against the steeple, and the wind blows off back in the direction of the city. So the letters are just, like, swirling everywhere now. It's yeah, like... yeah. They've blown okay. all about. We're, like, arguing. Um, yeah. Do either of the two of you want to do anything yes. before the two men make finish climbing down the scaffolding? Because that's what's happening right now. Yes. Well, can they see us while they're climbing down? Like my actions directed to them, not to Percy. Yeah, I mean they they saw you as they were flying over. I mean they're probably okay. focusing on the climbing right now, but So like their first view, Manu wants to like look at them and do a like hands in the air kind of like a ta-da gesture and then like curtsy. <laughs> as in like here we are like not trying to, you know, hide the fact that they have taken these letters or that they're waiting for them. Like it like it was all planned. Yes, very theatrical. Yes. Like, we've been waiting for you to arrive. Okay. And I, I think Percy, in, in sort of a similar mindset, is going to keep taking the letters out, throwing them theatrically <laughs> on the ground as if this is his job. And he's sort of, you know, been tasked with going through and sorting out the riffraff and all of that. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Do either of you have a, a an investigative ability that you want to lean on in this moment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, um, <laughs> absolutely, I do. The bonomi, <laughs> sparkling okay. personality that delights. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I think mine. I mean, this is a little more speculative, but something like either society or culture, with the logic being that Percy, as the upper crust of society, is experienced in weeding out the riffraff and <laughs> sort of, you know, maintaining his exclusive vibe. So I think he's trying uh-huh. to channel that for them. Yeah. So Radon and the pilot make their way down the scaffolding and walk over to you. Radon takes his mask off and you can see, I, th- I think, Percy, you suspected that there was for some reason a smile on his face up in the air. And there is actually a pretty big smile on his face here down below. And he says... Mademoiselle Cassut, uh, and who is your friend here? Enchanté. Uh, Monsieur Percy Vanderbilt. Monsieur Vanderbilt. To what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? 
I see you've been working hard. <laughs> I think Manu kind of steps in and like takes the lead here. Like she kind of looks at Percy to be like, I got this. And mm. it's like, we have been reviewing the applicants and it is as we feared, Monsieur Radin. We are the only two, perhaps, who are ready for this journey with you. He, he, I think he laughs at that. Good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's you've you've made that you've made that very clear with your actions here tonight. There was no one else that you found in all of these. Any kind of gestures all around to like the telegrams that are now scattered all around. There was no one else here that you deem worthy of of joining you on the journey. <laughs> I think Manu is also going to step in here. Well, there was one man. I am not sure if we will be in need of tires when we are in the sky, but Monsieur Michelin, <laughs> he does have the the accomplishments we are looking for. Yes, yes, I am I am well aware of Monsieur Michelin. Well, I see that, you know, I, I, I see that you two have things well in order here, so if I may bid you adieu, my friend here and I will be retiring to our quarters. And he's, they start walking <laughs> down the hill. What? <laughs> hmm. That's puzzling. I know, Manu looks at Percy kind of like, what? <laughs> and she's like, do, do we need to tell him about Donald and, and Monty? Can they also, can they come with us? <laughs> I, I think Percy starts to walk after them and just says, now wait, wait just one minute. I, I would love to talk more about what it is you're looking for in this craft. I know the two of us are the most suitable, of course, having seen that what passes for high society here is not quite my expectation. But I would like to know what you have in store for us. On the journey? Yes, on, on the journey. And, you know, if you're looking for any other participants in your journey beyond the two of us. Well, yes, I, I will admit, despite my bit of humor before, that we will be filling the craft. The, the auction will still take place. I must make sure that the, adventure, the opportunity of adventure is open to... A good number of people so that the the most deserving can be chosen but i certainly will take your actions tonight into account when deciding on who should be sent invitations to the auction how many more do you have in mind and what sort of price do you expect to get at this auction and i think percy reaches into his wallet and starts to nice. draw out money somewhat theatrically <laughs> <laughs> monsieur vanderbilt i think you will find that while many are interested few may be able to secure their tickets as well as you might be able to. You'll be hearing from me. And he turns and starts walking. Hmm. Watch where he goes, watch where he goes, watch where he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll sort of bid them good night and, you know, watch them walk down the hill and sort of follow them. You're gonna try to you're gonna try to like sneakily follow them? You're gonna stalk oh them? God. Wait, are they they're um, not walking towards the they're walking away from the basilica? Yeah, they're walking like down the hill toward Momotra. Oh. Mm. I yeah, think we gotta talk. To get in the action. Do a little stealth. <laughs> yeah, I think like as they're walking, Manu like puts an arm on Percy and is like, "What should we do now?" I'd like to know where they go. I for one assumed they were sleeping on the craft or in the cathedral. As did and I. Think I. Percy starts 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 to walk down the hill. Okay, I think at about that moment, mm. Monty and Donald kind of move, kind of here. enter the scene coming toward the hill maybe from a different street so they don't see Radon and the the pilot departing. What do you think that what what kind of air do Monty and Donald present as they <laughs> <laughs> as they arrive? Well, uh before we get into that Or sorry, that were, scene, were, yeah, where are you going to be going back? I guess I should have asked. Um, I thought you were, well, but I don't remember for sure. I have a GM question, yep. which is does Monty have any way to regain any composure to refresh any of that pool oh, yeah. Yeah, can we go to like an opium den or something like can we be irresponsible for a couple hours i'm fine with that i would say theoretically yes in this moment no unless you tell me that you're doing something that you believe would provide him that opportunity i think when okay r real quick what time is it now and when donald when was the meeting that your your individual month. meeting i have to for? be there at 11 p.m okay. I think it's probably right. 6.30 or 7 o'clock at this point. Okay. So if you want, I'm fine with a detour if it's going to help you regain composure. Like, we'll go Okay. Around. So I, I, what, cause I, what I wanted to do before we head straight back was stop off at a cafe or a bar or something just for a minute 
just, I think Monty just puts his arm on Don and says, Don, I'm sorry, can we just, before we, before we regroup with the others, can we just take a moment? I just need to, I just need to gather my thoughts. Certainly, certainly. And we will have a seat just at a, at a table. I'm not actually, Monty's actually not going to get anything to drink, I don't think. I think he's just going to kind of sit and stare for a minute, just out kind of middle distance, and he will pull the ring back out of the breast pocket that he had tucked it into. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know if we, I don't know if we need this for anything or not. I don't. I hope we do. I hope we do. Otherwise, what did I do that for? What did, what did we do any of that for? So let's not, I, I can hold on to it if, if you'd prefer, but I, 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 I hope this has meaning. Monty will just slide the and the ring has blood on it presumably so I, he, but he just like slides it across the table over over to Don Don I'm not afraid of living with myself being a bad person I I know I can do that what I'm afraid of is that none of the rest of you will be able to live with me Monty I I've battled with myself uh, every night for what seems like the past. <laughs> seems like I, I can't remember a night that I wasn't battling with myself and what I know I'm becoming and what I've left behind. I can tell you that without you, I, 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 I can't imagine I, I could live in this world without your friendship and your guidance. If we are walking this dark path and if we are truly beyond the point of no return... At least we have company. We can never tell Francis, can we? No, it, it. I don't want to see how she looks at us after hearing it. Two coffees, please. And I think, I, I don't think Monty has anything else to say. They may just sit in silence and drink, drink a cup, mm -hmm. drink some coffee, and then yeah, uh, Monty will stand up. All right, let's. Uh, we've been away from our. Uh, <laughs> companions for too long. Let's see if we can find what they've been up to. What What should we tell them? Because <sighs> I have half a mind to just tell them to get the hell away, go the hell home, and forget all about it. But I don't think... I don't think they will, and I think we may need their help. <laughs> Imagine needing Vanderbilt's help. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Donald, like, claps Monty on the back and they start walking yeah. off together. So I think because of that conversation, Monty, I think in... I would say that if, from the GM's perspective that you are now in the frame of mind that you can... You, you, will, you, can, you can take the opportunity to refresh some of your pool, but not right now. Okay. I think you would need to spend a night making yourself forget what happened. Okay. But if you did that, and you know that you know that's that, I would say that's the Monty Hog way in a certain sense. Yeah. If you did that, then by the morning you could refresh your composure pool by two, so you'd, you'd gain mm. two points back. It'd be a partial refresh. Okay, I'll keep that in mind for later. Hopefully, <laughs> if I make well, it to later, keep, yeah. <laughs> yeah if, you could, if we could keep you out of trouble for the rest, I mean, like I have to go to this meeting, but I'm not looking to refresh any pools. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. I, I now I think we continue on to try to meet up, and I don't know how the timing will work out, but if we if we see them or not, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll we'll. In the in in the magical world of role playing game timing, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that. You... <laughs> yeah. Okay, there, there they are. They're coming, going down the hill here. Hopefully, they have information they've they've gleaned over the past however long since we've been. Yeah, I mean, if they're leaving, they're leaving the basilica. It looks like so. Maybe maybe they have seen or found out something. I think at that point you Perhaps. probably see <laughs> you see telegrams that are kind of floating in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> On earth happened here. <laughs> It appear they they've made their impact. <laughs> Are we still following Radon, or has he like turned the corner and he's gone? Well, so you saw them, then you saw Donald and Monty start walking up. What what would you have done? I think Manu like couldn't put this into words, but she is not used to like 
she would never chase someone for an invitation to something. Like she is very used mm-hmm. to being invited and like showing up places. So she she can't articulate it, but like she does not want to follow him. Like she does not want to feel or appear like desperate for an invitation to this auction. She truly believes they're going. So she I think she would have to be convinced to follow them. I actually think Percy would be the same way where yeah. he just kind of has this assumption that he's going to be if it's for people of high status, etc., he's of course going to be among them. And yeah. Radon basically seemed to say that they would. So I think I think he would actually let them go too. Although he's curious to know just the sort of logistics of their whole arrangement, given that they just watched a dirigible do- dock to the steeple of a church, <laughs> climbed down and walked down to their living quarters. But, um, <laughs> like this didn't yeah, I think he'll run. just let it go. Okay. So she sees the other two and is like, is she still tipsy a little bit? No, I yeah, think it, right. I think that's oh. pretty much wearing off now. Mm. Well, she's happy to see them. <laughs> oh, man. They're like, Monty, Donald, we have news for you. Wonderful, wonderful, Manu and Monsieur Vanderbilt. Uh, what, what news? She's going to put her hands on their shoulders and lean in back. We are invited to the auction. We have it on authority from Monsieur Radon himself. We have just spoken with him. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's that's exactly what we were seeking out. Well, well done. I think that's that's terrific. And not, not just the auction. I believe it highly likely will be on the dirigible whenever it sets sail. Bien sûr. Even better, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, Percy, we can count on your um, generosity to uh, uh, give us a good chance at that occurring. So, uh, well, that's, I mean, that's that's terrific. That's what we were here for. Uh, what, did, did Mr. Radon say anything else about uh, this whole strange circumstance? He seems to be expecting several others to join us on the dirigible, um, but he didn't shed much light on who they would be. All right, well. In that case, I, I guess the only outstanding question right now is, do we know when and how invitations to this auction would be delivered to us? No, he did not share that. He only said that if, if you are invited, you you will know. Well. And I think Donald, like, he goes to to speak, like he looks at Manu and like he looks, but like clearly like, catches in his throat whatever he's going to say and it almost looks like he's near tears like it's suddenly a very intense like mm. feeling and he just quickly like looks away for her, from her and he just puts his hand on Percy's shoulder and just kind of like mutters like nice work nice work and just kind of walks not away but just separates himself from the group like he doesn't have anything to say. I think at that moment Donald you you know you're trying to kind of avoid eye contact with anyone else and you look up and you see like what looks like a bunch of deflated balloons kind of draped hanging down from the from the steeple up top. The the dir- the dirigible was docked here? Oui. And Manu is kind of like excited. She's like, there it is. It, they landed it there and they climbed down and they spoke with us and they walked down the hill. I should also say that they the the, the when it when it anchored at the Eiffel Tower, it was still very much inflated. Mm-hmm. That is not the case now. Hmm. Can I get up there? Yeah, you certainly can try. I mean, I think that in his in his current, you know, kind of trying to be rational but very irrational state, I think he might like turn to Monty and be like, "We might have an opportunity to take a look around on board." I think Manu would also go up there. Okay, Don, please go ahead. I just need a moment. I think just a you know a little break from the action. <laughs> Stay safe, please. I intend to. I think Percy, um, totally oblivious to how Monty is feeling, but surprised that Donald bothered to talk to him and tell him anything positive or earnest or whatever, you know, looks at Monty and just says, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll stay with you. Perhaps we could discuss some of my writing. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> ah, wonderful. Uh, I would love nothing more than to talk about uh, some of your writing. <laughs> These are not at all volatile comb- combinations of people. No, <laughs> Absolutely not. This is, this is a safe, safe combination. We are doing horror comedy. <laughs> yes, this is good stuff here. Good stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I guess Donald and Manu are going to go up and then yeah. Monty and... Yeah. Yeah. I think Percy's also not thrilled that Donald and Manu are going off together, but yes. he's just had some quality time with her 
They spent several hours sitting there Same talking silence. about nothing. Yeah, so nothing. I, I yeah maybe, he's, like he's, maybe he's a little disillusioned. <laughs> no! After the, no! He's spinning his wheels a little bit. She knows what she's doing. She's like, not with you, Not with you specifically, Manu, with the, with oh, the situation. Okay. Like, listen... <laughs> To rely on just you like, in some just like maybe, I, maybe I don't actually have anything to talk with her about. Maybe I should just keep the relationship as it is. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, you know, it's it's dark out. There's not a lot of light up here, especially up on the hill, right? Like there is some, you know, maybe one or two of the streets in Momantra is lit up, but there there's no lights up here. So it's quite dark. It's just the light of the moon. And Manu and Donald start to climb up the scaffolding which is quite tall, to get up to where the the aircraft, the flying machine, is hanging, basically, at this mm-hmm. point. Who's going first and who's going second? My guess would be that Donald kind of said it to Monty and didn't even really register that anyone was going with him, so he just kind of went up and started climbing, and then probably about halfway up realized that Manu was behind mm-hmm. him and didn't get, like, angry or anything, but just was like, do, do you need... Uh, assistance, are you are you all right? We need to be exceedingly careful in situations like this. She's like, allons-y, Mr. Donald. I grew up on a farm. I will be fine. I'm very strong. Let's go. So you start to climb. Donald realizes about halfway up that, that Manu is following him, and you have that brief conversation, and then you continue along your way. And about three-fourths of the way up, you both feel, I think even before Percy or Monty would feel it, you start to feel like the scaffolding is starting to sway a little <clears throat> bit. Just the, you know, m- maybe it's maybe, you know, where a screw isn't quite perfectly tight, it, it kind of rattles a little bit. But then very quickly, that same gust of wind starts blowing all around you. And then Percy and Monty feel it. The grass starts to move. Oh, the leaves pick up. The telegrams start floating in the wind again. And the, the scaffolding has started to kind of violently shake. And the two of you look up, Manu and Donald, and you see the craft re-inflate up above you, probably, you know, maybe 20 yards up above you. And you look up and you see the wind up near the craft almost forms into a few vaguely humanoid shapes. What? That seem to be kind of going into the craft and operating it. Souls. But this, but this thing is is shaking so violently that I need you both to roll me an athletics check. Okay. And I will say, and I don't know if this affects the check at all. I think that just with the protective instincts and stuff, I think as soon as it starts to shake, Donald would probably put himself in a position to either grab onto Manu or hold onto her mm-hmm. arm or something that, like, whatever he could do to make her safer, I think he would do in that situation because that's just kind of his thing. So I think he would, if that affects the role at all, I don't know, but I think that that would, his first move would be like, let me secure her. And then. All right, I'm going to give you a minus one there. on your check and I'm going to oh, give God. you a plus one on your check, Manu. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> because of this. Okay. So, but so let's let's take this nice and slowly because the consequences here are very real. So we're gonna start with Manu, who has a plus one from Donald's assistance. Yeah. Do you have any cards that affect physical tests, Manu? No. The tipsy is now gone, right? Is gone. Yes. Yep. Then no. Okay. So you you have a cumulative plus one. Would you like to add anything? This is going to be an athletics check. Yes. I also would like to use one athletics. Okay. And what is your, what's your rationale here? She just actually is, you know, quite strong. She's climbed many ladders in many barns. Like she's, she's many trees. Okay. So it's a the cum- expert climber. Cumulative plus two on this check. Yeah. Go ahead and roll. Six. Six. Eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Six on, six on the die. So for yeah. an eight. Yeah. All right. Oh, but I can save. <laughs> so Donald, you have a minus one for aiding Manu. Do you have any other cards that ha- that play any effect on this roll? Just, I have the out of control card, but that's composure okay. checked. Like, so I'm not going to throw her <laughs> off the side. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, even though like a part of me wants to be like, he, you know, his 
you're stronger when you're trying to protect. Like, I really think in his current state, there he probably wouldn't, like, there's no justification to spend an athletics point. Like, he's all fried up in his head. He's trying to hold her. This is happening. He's seen freaky soul people going in. Like, I don't think there would be any I think, real way to break I think I would argue against that. I think I would argue against that because I do think that the, the adrenaline of the moment okay. Would, mm. might, okay. might kick in here. Yeah. I right, also think so I also think that there you know you you've given up a point to help her but I also think that there is a you know she is your she is your seek to protect character that was my right first she thought. is your seek yeah. to protect character it's you know it's not quite like a mother lifting a car off a child but like mm-hmm. it's actually not yeah. far off from that either she is the person in this at least in Paris that you seek to, you seek to actively protect the most mm-hmm. yes all right, I'm glad you said it because I wanted to do it, but it felt like me cheaping out and trying to save my character. So you arguing against <laughs> it makes me feel comfortable. I can play a point without feeling. Bad. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna basically cancel out. Yeah, I'll cancel the negative and play because I have three athletics points left. So I'll play, I'll play one. That feels fair, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, let me make change there, and then so it's just a this is just a flat roll. Yep. Five. Yes. All right, a five. So. The scaffolding starts to violently shake. And at that moment, Donald reaches down. He, I think, looks up, sees these these beings forming around the machine, but quickly pulls his attention away and reaches down and is holding on with one hand and grabs, grabs Manu's arm. And I think Manu, for you, like, his steadying hand is plenty for you to be able to like solidify your grasp on the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. But you see his hand start to slip, his other hand start to slip a little bit. And I think you kind of reach over and touch his arm, the one that's kind of holding on to your arm. Because yeah. you have a you have a really strong grasp on it and you're kind of letting yeah. him know that you're okay. And okay. just as his hand starts to slip, he pulls his arm away from you and grabs on again. Okay, okay. And so the two of you are are up there. It's shaking, and we're actually going to move into combat now. Oh God! Okay. All four of you are involved here, and oh, so no. let's 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 oh, go over again the uh, oh, the man. what the All options right. are, the objectives are in this situation. I, I again, it's an audio medium. People can't see that all four of us just like. We started shifting, we were moving around, like getting ready. We're not actually fighting anybody, but we're ready oh to. Oh my gosh. These are four people. We are ready to roll. I have a feeling that, that that some objectives that are usually not on the table may be on the table in this instance. Topple? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that's going to be uh, Percy and I's objective is to topple the, the top <laughs> Hey, you can get rid of your card, Tom. That's right. This is the only way, <laughs> Don. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I have two shock cards, don't you know? All right, so objectives. Kill. Render helpless. Keep fighting until everyone on the other side of the fight is too hurt to continue. Gain surrender. Keep fighting until all the everyone on the other side agrees to be taken into custody. Will you be Will you be taking these creatures into custody? I was about to ask before before we move on. I'm not clear on what we're fighting. <laughs> are we fighting the thing? The wind, you are. Yes, you are. You are fighting. You are fighting anthropomorphized wind. Oh, okay, we've got this. Are they large? Yeah. Are they our size? Are they? They are human sized, and and at least Manu and Donald's okay. impression, based on what Manu and Percy saw when the craft docked, and now what has happened as they've rearrived, is that these things are powering this craft. Okay, so like they're the ones that sprites. seem to be making it fly. Okay. They also don't we... seem to be happy that you're close by. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it seems to be a. Some kind of security response to our Cla- classic, Got it. Okay. classic okay. GM set a trap for one of the players to be like, "Hey, you notice the balloon's <laughs> yes. still up there? You sure you don't want to take a look at it?" Yeah. Donald looks up and sees. This. <laughs> now, on the ground, are we just watching this unfold, or have well, they like come I had, down? I was going to say, I had turned away as they started climbing to look at your writing, and I think for there's a moment of me like <laughs> looking at one of your poems. You rhymed lake and bait. What is this? Is terrible. And I tear one of the poems out. And let it, like when the wind starts to blow, just let it blow away in the wind, and then we notice that. <laughs> yeah, Percy, did you show him your your bad poetry or your epic poetry? 
Yes, so I think Percy showed him the bad poetry, yeah, and as I a think result, so too. he does not care <laughs> about the response or anything. Right, he right. Just, he's actually watching the balloon craft and watching them climb up. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think when the wind picks up, you, that causes you to turn, turn back. You see you see that Donald almost falls. And I think you kind of, maybe it's a maybe it's a trick of the moonlight outlined against the craft or something. But, you know, because these creatures are, are somewhat transparent. But I think you see them. So even though you're not in immediate danger on the ground, you know, your friends clearly are. So, we're, you know, it'll be a joint decision about what you're trying to do here. So kill, render helpless, gain surrender. Beat up, block, stop your opponents from moving past you, drive away, keep fighting until everyone on the other side retreats, escape, flee to a position of safety that the enemy is not attempting to hold or protect, escape with a captive. I don't think there's a captive around to escape with. <laughs> we can't grab one of the wind guys? We can't get him in a bottle? Uh, gain an item, overrun, and I think I would, I think I would say... Escape is on the table versus overrun. They're not trying. They're not trying to block you at this point. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And then topple, of course. I mean, escape comes I, to mind. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> this feels like. I don't think we're going to beat these transparent wind beings into right. submission. My, uh, like I think we should probably try. Monty's to get away. in a state where certainly, like his first mind is just, uh, we just have to get the hell out as soon as he sees that there's weird yeah. shapes going on and everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Manu being up there, like, I think Donald by himself up there is probably a different calculus because I think he's kind of at that point. But I think Manu being up there is going to snap him into at least like, OK, I we got we both got to get down because she's getting down if I get down. OK, yeah, Manu might have tried to drive away like now that they're, you know, they're three fourths of the way up there, like they almost could see the thing. So it'd be cool if they could just, you know, snap their fingers and make these creatures leave. But if Donald is kind of scared and like wants to leave, then. I think she'll leave as well. Try to escape. Yeah, I think Donald probably would like yell to her, like, we need to go. We need to get down. We need to get down now. Okay. Over the roaring wind. It is roaring, yes. Okay. So mm. I think I think for I think for Manu and Donald, especially because this is an escape, athletics is on the table for you to use in addition to fighting if you would like to. I think for Percy and for Monty. I think we're going to default to fighting unless you can convince me of what something else that you're doing to try to aid in this situation. Do you want to you want to you want to try to convince me, Tommy? I mean, Monty's plan is largely to fucking beat feet and get out of there. Like I I, I think So he's not trying to help Monty, well, not trying to I help Donald and Manu. Like I there's no way he can I don't think he looks at the situation and think there's any way he can help. Don and Menu, given what their current positions are, they're halfway mm -hmm. up the scaffolding. He's not—he's not like standing right next to the scaffolding or anything. He, yeah. I, in my mind at least, and and Percy, you can tell me if you feel this way or not. Like, I think the two of them stepped away a little bit to kind of like keep an eyesight of the scaffolding and keep an eye out, but not—we we weren't planning on being right there, so running towards the danger when it becomes obvious, especially with Don starting to yell, like, we need to get out of here. I think, you know, the best mm -hmm. he can do is maybe grab onto Percy and, like, try to, like, like the two of them run together or, like, help him if he, in case he stumbles or something. But that's about it. Yep, that makes yeah. sense to me. And I, I think, so just purely logistical question, the only way they would really get involved in the actual fight is if they climbed up the scaffolding, right? Or would they be, like, throwing telegrams up in these. You can, you, I, you can be as creative as you would like to be on what you think you are attempting to do. I think Percy... You could, you could, you could, you could go into the, go, you could go into the basilica, you could climb the wall, <laughs> jump out the window and try to, try to flatten them on the way down if you want. I think this is a very new no, you can't and unsettling them, type mm -hmm. of fighting for Percy. I know he took down the beast with his fencing skills previously but sort of wind spirits is not something that was high <laughs> yeah, on his list far. so i think uh -huh. i think i agree i think he will sort of stay with monty and maybe they'll you know step back a little bit and, and if they can get involved if they're truly in danger if someone's going to fall off and they need to try to catch them or something like that maybe they'll spring to action in that way but i don't think they'll he's going to be climbing up or anything like that yeah that makes sense to me 
Okay, so I so I, I I will buy the argument for athletics. I think for both uh, Monty and Percy as well. So everyone else or everyone, tell me how much you would like to spend. Eric, can I use a push in combat? You or cannot. No? no. Okay. Well then, Sarah, forget what I messaged. Okay. I messaged Sarah to be like, I have still have two pushes. We're fine. And she was like, I have them too. So we were sitting here like, bah, this is nothing. So actually, take it all back. We're probably fine. I've got two left in athletics. And I, I think that emboldened by your explanation, I, I feel like this is like do or die protect situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel like I would spend both. Okay. Can I use one athletics and one fighting? Interesting. Hmm. Tell me what you think that would look like. Like, the athletics is just, again, like, she is good at, like, she's climbed trees for years, so she's good at that. And then the fighting is, like, oh, she's, like, honing in her skills in a way that she doesn't usually need to have. Like, we have to get out of here. Like, Donald says we need to go. Like, you need to be focused and, like, get down this ladder. Okay. So it's, like, defensive athleticism. Yeah, I'll buy that. So two for Manu. Okay. Cool. Percy, Monty. Should we roll? No, no. I I want to first. I'll I'll spend one in athletics okay the logic being he's not getting immediately involved in the fight but he's sort of seen he knows that when something like this is going on based on his experience in the other he's been on the outskirts of a lot of fights before and is kind of bracing himself he's kind of prepared to jump in if needed okay what about you monty I would actually like to spend three out of athletics why could that be tommy (laughs) why could that be well, it's pure adrenaline mo- primarily, like he, it, like just the fact that this is happening now, like, number one, he also grew up in, right in like working in an industrial, like, <laughs> you know, he, he is actually naturally fairly athletic, even though he does spend a good bit of his time drinking and writing. And I also think he just takes his jacket off, seemingly for no reason, just like, he's like, okay, we're, we're something's happening, we're getting ready to go, and he just like rips his like <laughs> dark blue sort of like suit jacket off. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was it was a uh, skinny cut, so like he he didn't have a lot of range exactly. of motion. So now, now that, that he's off, he feels like he's okay. He can really go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, really, this is mostly uh, an adrenaline fueled. All right, we're getting ready to go. Let's go. Yep, that makes sense to me. All right, so I'm actually going to have you go first, Tommy. And okay. so, are you just you're just kind of like trying to get away? Yeah, I I think I will. I think Monty will sort of take a cue from seeing Percy as he sort of prepares like it, it seems like he is ready to go but he also it wants to make sure that menu and donald get down so i i think he will he will sort of move over closer to the scaffolding initially just for in case he does need to catch or like help you know kind of like cushion the fall of either of them but he is like almost like sprinter, like he's like crouched down a little bit, like ready to just get off the mark if if he needs to. Yep. All right. Go ahead and roll for me. I rolled a four, so a seven. I mean, we don't know what the pass. No, we don't. Lies. Correct. I'm hoping right. a seven is Seems decent. High. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping seven, but I know eight's exist. All right. So you kind of hesitate for a moment. You're considering just fleeing. But you see Percy, you, you know, maybe maybe see a, a level of courage from him that you didn't maybe expect. And you move with him towards the scaffolding. And you find yourself buffeted by strong winds that have picked up even down here below. And in fact, you see a few of these air creatures that have made their way down as well. And they seem to be trying to not necessarily hurt you, but keep you from the scaffolding. But I think you're able to kind of use your strength and push through them. You do get a, 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 a like a branch from a tree breaks off and flies over and kind of hits you in the chest. And so you're going to take one toll here, even on a success. So you have to remove a point from athletics, fighting or health. I will remove one from fighting. Okay. So now we're going to move to Manu. So you spent two and mm-hmm. you're you kind of already described it to us, but you're 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 really just trying to kind of put yourself in a defensive position and lean on your climbing skills to move down the scaffolding, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and just being very intentional about it, like tucking her head in, like yep. pulling closer, you know. Um all right, so go ahead and roll for me. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. 
<laughs> Six plus two, so eight. All right. So you feel almost like hands of wind. Like it, like it's not totally solid, but it's also not totally not solid. They, f- it feels like they're grabbing on to you and trying to rip you off the scaffolding and throw you to the ground. Oh but God. you're in a really strong, well-supported position. You kind of tuck your head in so they can't get a good grasp on anything, mm-hmm. and you're, you're able to start moving your way down. Donald, let's go with you next. Okay. So I spent two. Same kind of thing. You're just trying to kind of like. Yeah, I think it's yeah. He's he's trying to make sure he gets down, and he's keeping an eye on Manu to make sure she doesn't need any help. And he's just pure adrenaline, pure like I'm getting down and I'm I'm getting out of it. Yeah, I had a four on the die, so a six. All right, yeah. And so you also feel similar, the similar thing to what Manu does, where it feels like these these wind like hands are grasping at your back and trying to yank you off the scaffolding, but you start making your way down as well. And finally, Percy, you spent one in athletics. You see them kind of starting to make their way down. They seem to be doing fine. And so I think you probably kind of take off and start to try to kind of lead the lead the escape away from the hill. So can you, uh, you want to go ahead and roll? So I rolled a five. So it's a six total. Good die. All right. And so Manu and Donald, after kind of a quick scamper, quick but careful scamper down the scaffolding. Their feet hit the ground on the hill, and the four of you turn and run down the hill and into the neighborhood of Mamantra. And the wind kind of rushes over all of you and and blows you and knocks you all to the ground. So I need a toll spend for each of those of you who did not do that. So everybody but Tommy. Take one out of athletics, health, or fighting. But the wind rushes over you and knocks you all to the ground. And you all kind of fall over on the streets of Mamatra as the wind rushes by and back up into the air and disappears. And that is where we're going to end our story for now. Oh, my God. This podcast was created using the Yellow King RPG by Pelgrane Press and is based on an adventure written by Robin D. Laws, both used under the Pelgrane Press Limited Community Use Policy, along with the music from the Yellow King Suite, written by James Semple. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the nature of my game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or at nomgpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit www.patreon.com slash nomgpodcast.